Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. All right, there's no football this weekend, but that does not mean there's any shortage of NFL news to talk about. Packers firing their special teams coach days after the NFC Championship loss. Jason Witten retires. We're going to leave with the major news of the day, which is involving the Houston Texans. As Deshaun Watson officially requesting a trade from the Texans, a source confirming to the Athletics' Aaron Reese. So Watson set career highs this past season, Mike, in passing yards, touchdowns, and completion percentage through a career-low seven interceptions. He was awesome, right? And Houston is expected to hire. Ravens assistant head coach David Culley as its next head coach. But Watson has not spoken to new Texans GM Nick Casario or executive Jack Easterby. Now, in September, he signed this extension. Big money, right? The Texans would eat $21.6 million in dead money if they were to trade Watson. So help me out first with this. As a guy who's been a GM, a guy who's been in front offices for years, a player's disgruntled, I get that. But... The, the amount of people I've heard today saying, where is Watson going to end up? Let's start there. Is it a fact? Is it a certainty that they're going to have to trade him? Because to me, if I'm management, I go, hang on a second. I know you're pissed off. Let's try to fix this. But we don't have to trade you, do we? No, I think that's, you know, look, so I've talked about on this pod very t- often many times, the Al Davis influence comes in. Where's this story coming from, right? Obviously, Watson, it's fact, is unhappy. I mean, Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen are not going to report something that they're not getting. But this whole narrative is controlled by the Watson camp, you know, that athletes first, which is who represents Deshaun Watson. They're controlling the narrative. They're feeding the information to to get out there and this is what we want. These are the teams we want to get traded to. This is it. This is that. It's not being leaked by the team. So you know, and it makes it out so that that what that the the Texans have no rights whatsoever. They have like they have no rights whatsoever. But you know, the collective bargaining agreement tends to disagree disagree with what the athletes first agency is seems to be saying, and that's pretty clear. I mean, you do have rights. You do have rights in this case. First of all, you can get fined fifty thousand a day for missing practice. If you decide to miss games, you get fined. Plus, you have to pay back the 117th of the signing bonus money that you received for every game you miss. So this bill could get rather large. If you retire, then you have to pay us back $21.4 million. So they have leverage. Now, you would not think that they do based on what we've been reading because you know he wants to get traded to Miami and he has a no-trade clause. How many times, AD, have you read that he's had a no-trade clause? Oh, this is the thing, Mike, because everybody keeps saying, oh, well, where's he going? Where's the guy going? Hang on a second. Why does he have to go anywhere? So he has a no-trade clause, which means he can put all the pressure on me as the GM. Say I'm the GM, okay? So I'm going to have a conversation with Watson. Here's how it's going to go. Deshaun, look, I, I, I think you're the you're the best player, one of the best players in football. I don't think you're a top five quarterback. I think you're a top five player. You know, and what you did last year is remarkable. I don't understand what happened here uh, from the time you signed that multi-million dollar contract that was given to you by the by the family. Then what's happened? What's over? What's happened over that time? Whether it's because of Easterby, whether it's because of the owner. I don't know. I have no idea, but I'm going to find out because I got to get to the bottom of it because your unhappiness is going to make everybody else unhappy. 
And your unhappiness is going to cause other people if I don't solve what's causing you to be unhappy. Now, I know you've reported you don't care who we hire. You don't care if we fire Jack. You've let it all out that you've let it. You've made it very clear. And this is what agents do to control the narrative. I take it. And I'm sure you feel that way. That being said, I'm not going to be manipulated to trade you to a team that you want to get traded to and take less from that team because that's where you want to go. Because frankly, I do have some rights here. If you don't want to play for the Houston Texans, if you don't want to play here, then you can give us back, retire, and you can give us back our check. If you don't want to play here and you want to hold out and you want to demand that I give in, then it's $50,000 a day plus every game you miss, you owe me one seventeenth of the game check. Now, people say, well, that's being stupid, Lombardi. I mean, you know, the kid, no, letting him dictate terms to me is not how you negotiate. It's not how you negotiate. That's how you lay down, you know? That's how you just basically let someone walk all over you. I, I've got to change the narrative. I'm not going to do it publicly. I'm not going to come out and, and do what your agent's doing and tell things to the public. I'm never going to do that. I'm going to have a conversation in this room with your agent present. He could be here, but we're going to need to have a conversation because what's bothering you, I need to fix, whether I trade you or not. That's going to be the decision we make as an organization, whether we, I, whether we trade you or not, but I got to fix these problems and I need to know what these problems are. So let's just have this conversation. I'm not going to believe anything I read. I completely agree, Mike. You say, listen, let's sit down. Enough of this crap to the media. You're Let's sit down, right? You have not, you really haven't spoken to Casario or Easterby. Now, and I get it. If I'm Deshaun Watson, hey, I was lied to. I'm pissed off. I thought I'd be part of the organizational decisions. My voice is not being heard. Okay, I get that. All good. Like, to your point, let's let's hash it out. Let's tell me what you want. You want it, you know, this offensive coordinator. You want to trade for this guy. Whatever it is, let's figure this out. But let's be clear here. We are not going to be held ransom by your whims. Just because you want out, we're not just going to deal you. Like, and by, by the way, we're going to first try to placate you. First and foremost, you are a tremendous player. You are a terrific quarterback. There is no question about that. You are awesome. Okay, you played four seasons already. You're like second in franchise history behind Matt Schaub and all these categories. His completion percentage, amazing. So, Deshaun, please stay. What will it take to keep you here? If we get to the point where you're that miserable, okay, we'll figure it out. But we're not just going to trade you to the the Jets or the Dolphins wherever you want to go. And I, I'm. Watching Max Kellerman, Mike saying, "Well, I think that the the, the market's going to be at least three first round picks." We're not at that point yet, right? If I'm Houston, I go, I'm not even thinking about that yet. Let me fix this with Deshaun first. Exactly, and and everybody that's talking about what is where is he going to go? What's he going to do? You know, the agents keep releasing to the media to the to to the to the forum that you know he has a no trade clause. So what they're trying to say by saying that is they're trying to say he controls the trade. No, he doesn't. I control the trade because. If I want to trade him to Miami and Miami doesn't give me what I want, once we decide as an organization, once the McNair family and this organization decides that we should trade him, once we make that decision, I'm going to do, I'm going to get the best deal for the Houston Texans that I could possibly get. I'm going to get the best deal I could possibly get. And in that deal, if you want to be traded to Miami, then here's the deal. They either pay me what I want or I won't trade you. Now, I don't care how much you kick and scream. I mean, this reminds me of a, of a child having a temper tantrum. You know, I'm going to give in to the temper tantrum. Look, the narrative has been set by the agents. And I get that's what they're paid to do. That's what they do. Deshaun Watson has never behaved like this in his entire life as a player. So something's wrong here. 
Something's wrong. He's never been a malcontent. This isn't a guy who has problems. He's been great in high school, great in college. So there's something wrong. And as a general manager of this team, I need to figure out what's wrong. I need to get to the root of the problem. And if you allow me to get to the root of the problem, then maybe I could fix it. But even if you think I can get to the root and you don't want to be here, well, that's your decision. But I'm not making a decision based on what you want. You know, just because you weren't involved in my hiring doesn't mean that I need to trade you. Like, that's not how this works. That's not how this business operates. And your agent can play the James Harden game all he likes, right? It doesn't matter. If you want to hold out the entire year, then hold out. It'll cost you a lot of money. Yeah. And that's where there's this false idea. Oh, it's just like Houston. Oh, James Harden went out. He wanted out. But you're right. The players have more power in the NBA. Here, you can just cut you. We're just, we, like you said, we just don't report. We're not paying you. It's a different situation. Yeah. I mean, and that's right. You, you hit the nail on the head. Harden, like they had no leverage, right? They had no leverage. He was going to say whatever. And they had two teams already interested. They knew that they were going to move it. They were rebuilding. It was easy. But now, you know, a, Harden, Harden could dictate. I'm not, I can't, you can't dictate to this. You could tell me, all right, let's just play this through. Say you want to, say you, say we agree to trade you. The McNair family, myself, and everybody here, we agree to trade you. Then you have to give me three teams that I could trade you to. I don't, that you will not veto a trade. You've got to give me three teams in writing that you will not veto a trade. We're gonna we can monitor the contract. We can add it as addendum because I'm not going. I'm not. I'm not negotiating with one team. That doesn't do. I'm going to protect the franchise. I didn't cause this mess. I didn't create this mess. I'm going to clean this mess up. I would rather clean it up with you on the team and us work together to the solution. But I'm not going to let some guy sitting in Orange, uh, sitting in Orange County, uh, c- control what I run this team with, and the propaganda, the propaganda minister that is the the, the athletes' first agency is not going to tell me what to do. Like this is this is this is classic. I control the media. I control the narrative. No, you don't. Because when the players negotiated with the owners, they put instruments in that gives me some leverage in this negotiation, in this in this situation. I don't have a lot of it, but I have some. And if I don't use that, then I basically am not doing what's right for the franchise. It's well said. And right now, if you go to sportsbetting.com, it's very amusing to me. The odds for Deshaun Watson's next team, they got the Jets at two to one. Jets have two first round picks, and I believe an early second round pick, and they could potentially trade Sam Darnold, obviously. The Dolphins are at three to one. The Bears are at four to one. Could you imagine the Bears fans, Mike? If you went from MVP Mitch to Deshaun Watson, like, I don't know what you're giving up, but oh my God, that would be the greatest swing ever in a team's fortunes. Again, I don't know if it's happening anytime soon, but Jets, Dolphins, Bears, those are the teams, according to the betting favorites, are the ones that are in the mix. Here's the other reality. At some point, someone needs to be able to have a conversation with Watson's agent and say, fellas, either you stop talking to the media and you start feeding information out of our building or we're just going to shut this whole thing down. We're going to have to control this. We're going we're to stop this because I, if we decide, if the McNair family says we're going to trade Watson, I am not going to sit there and read Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen report who I had a conversation with each day. Like, I'm just not going to do it. And I'm going to nip it in the bud. You think this, you think for one second, Al Davis would put up with this shit? 
Are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, and the reason why the agents are doing this is because they think they can take advantage of the Texans. Do you think this media onslaught would happen if this was in with against Ozzy Newsom in Baltimore? Of course not. Of course not. Ozzy would have called him on the phone and said, "Look, we're not. I'm not doing anything until you shut up," and they would shut up. Same thing, you know. Like we're not doing this. We're not negotiating every day in the media. Like this has got to stop. This is your way of trying to control the narrative. Like I, we don't live in Minsk. Like, this isn't, you're not going to print the paper out. Yeah, uh, uh, to your point, it's like, you want to do this. If you're that unhappy and you want out, fine. Let's figure out a way to diplomatically and quietly engineer something. If you're going to just put headlines out there, and like you said, feed information, uh, that's not going to benefit anybody. Deshaun Watson is apparently not going to be the only quarterback on the market this offseason. When we come back, Mike's column from The Athletic, breaking in the quarterback carousel that is sure to impact 2021. That's next. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, so this is from Mike's latest column. As always, I encourage you to check it out in The Athletic. Deshaun Watson, Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback market will make the NFL offseason one to remember. From your column, Mike, the NFL's quarterback market is much like the housing market in America. Timing is everything. Buyers must always be on the lookout for a way to upgrade without significantly increasing their monthly payments when the interest rates remain low. Supply and demand rule. This year, there might be a huge supply of quarterbacks available, and demand has never been higher. All this talk of unhappiness will make this offseason by far the most entertaining ever. You then went down through all the names. Rodgers, Stafford, Carr, Garoppolo, Goff, Lamar Jackson. Uh, which one do you want to start with? Uh, how about if we start with one that, that happened today, Ben Roethlisberger? Art Rooney, the president of the Steelers, comes out and announces that there's no way we could bring Ben back at his current salary. You know, they're they're over the cap. They've got severe cap issues that they've got to deal with. Right now, I think they're at like 30, 30 million plus over the cap going into next year. What I think people have to understand is the cap is not going to go up much this year. I think it's going to be 180 maybe. And then maybe next year it's 185, 190. It's not gonna, it's not gonna jump dramatically. Like everybody, and this is no team's fault. This is really no team's fault. Like it's not Howie Roseman's fault at the Eagles that they're 50 some million over the cap. 
I mean, no one, everybody plays the wimpy game. You know, the wimpy game is I gladly play you Tuesday for a hamburger today. That, that, everybody plays the wimpy game in the NFL. I'll gladly pay tomorrow for a good player today. So you just keep pushing money out, right? You just keep pushing money out to, because you know the cap's going to go up. Well, who could ever thought COVID was going to show up? No one did. It's, it's natural. No one thought it was going to show up. And so, but now the price of COVID, the bills are coming due and you've got to bunker in. You've got to get in the basement and you've got to hold on. So the Steelers, right? You know, Big Ben is, Big Ben's going to count at 41 million cap number. Now, there's a $22.2 million prorated bonus that they can't get away from. And he has basically $19 million of money that they can play with, okay? So he's got $19 million of money that they could play with. His cap number is $41.25 million. So if you said to him, Ben, that roster bonus that you have due uh, on the third day of the league year, or basically you know what you're, t- what you're talking about here is you're basically saying – this is the last year of your contract, that 15 million roster and the 4 million. We owe you 19 million, right? We've already paid you 63.2 million of prorated bonus money. So we owe you 19 million this year. You got to find a way to whittle that number down, extend it out till he's 40 if you think he can. Now, you know, when you're doing this contract based on the way he played this year, that the chances of him getting to 40 is probably not very good. So you're basically really playing the wimpy game. So as Art Rooney said today, you're going to have to make that decision on him and, and he can't come back at this number. And they'll probably be very steadfast about it. Some of these other names are entertaining. Listen, Rodgers, as you point out, fifth highest paid quarterback in football, a $12 million per year gap. Think about that. $12 million per year gap between him and Mahomes. That's got to get taken care of. As you spoke about the idea of trading Jordan Love, what good will Love be if he never plays in a game? He's like having a high-priced second car or one that never leaves the garage. Matthew Stafford, Colts and Patriots, front runners because they can handle the cap hit, $20 million cap charge. And this was the best line of the entire article. Jared Goff, the Rams must trim roughly 30 30 million of cap room if the cap stays the same. They are locked so tightly into Jared Goff that David Blaine, the magician, could not escape. <laughs> True, because they can't. And now they now Les Snead came out and said, you know, there's no clear-cut starting quarterback. Could you imagine that? Again, that poor bastard writing that check. Now he's got to hear there's no clear-cut starting quarterback on the team while he writes that check out. Are you fucking kidding me? I got to write this check to this guy again, and he's not even the starter? Oh, my God. Could you imagine that poor bastard sitting in his office with his bifocals leaning down, like, you know, running his numbers? Like, who's running this operation, you know? Uh, it, anyway, uh, I, I think, look, we know that. That contract is that contract with Goff. I said it at the time. I've said it about Goff his whole career. He's a good player in the system. He's he's a system player. I think the Stafford deal is going to be interesting. Now I will predict today is Thursday, uh, January the twenty eighth. I think Stafford will be traded to his new team by next Friday. I don't know who the new team is. I think there's a lot of action on Stafford. I think there's a lot of teams that are in Stafford that no one thinks they're in. You know. I think there's a lot of teams that would like Stafford that have talked to other talked to people in the Lions organization 
about Stafford, but they don't know much about what's going on. So, but I do think we'll get resolution on Stafford by next week. Good. That's interesting to know because Lions fans are saying, listen, let's get this done sooner rather than later. We all know what's happening. So let's get it done. Couple more I want to hit on because this is interesting. Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan needs to decide if he will enter the quarterback market. Does Shanahan call Patriots headman Bill Belichick, make him an offer to get Garoppolo off his cap, enter into the Watson or Stafford sweepstakes? And this is when I have her percolating, which is Derek Carr. In search of cap room, the Raiders might entertain moving Derek Carr for a substantial draft pick, allowing them to play Marcus Mariota as their starter. They need to trim over $20 million of cap room to get below the threshold starting next season, which won't be that hard to accomplish. That's an interesting one, Mike. That could be Gruden saying, listen, I like Carr, but I don't have to have him. I can make do with Mariota because we got to save some money here. Yeah, I wrote it in the column, which I think you'll appreciate. This is a little bit like when Omar was sitting there with Kima and uh, and Bunk and McNulty. And that's the game out there. Either you play or get played. And Gruden's, the game's out there for him. This is a, this will be totally his call. This will be totally his call. He'll tell people what to do. But the game out there, he's got Mariota on his books for 10.65 next year. Okay? You know, and he's got a bunch of other bonus money in there. But so he's got him. And he's got Carr at 29, at 19.5. So basically, he's got he's got 30 million in his quarterback position. Okay? And he needs to decide. He's got seven years left of this $100 million deal. He needs to sit down and decide who should be my quarterback moving forward. If it's Carr, if it's Carr moving forward, then he's going to have to do something with Mariota because why would I, if I'm going with Carr, I know I need a backup, but this is a really high price backup. I could get some cap room from that because I'm a quarterback coach. Because here's the real issue. He's got Darren Waller at $6 million this year. That's it. Darren Waller signed a really cheap contract. He can't pay Darren Waller and have him as the seventh or eighth best tight end in football and pay. Like Darren Waller's going to be, that's a problem coming because Kittle just got paid. Kelsey got paid. Kittle makes 15 a year. Kelsey makes 14-3. Hunter Henry's going to probably get above Kelsey at Kittle at 15. Say he gets 14-8 or 15-2, somewhere in there. Austin Hooper got 10-5. Kyle Randolph's at 9-0. Gronk made 9. Zach Ertz made 8-5. Jimmy Graham made 8. Chariot Cook made 7-5. Now I'll get to Darren Waller. He made 7-4. I mean, Darren Waller is, is half of what Kettle's getting. So how are you got to handle that problem? That's not going away. Like that problem's not going away. You got to deal with that problem. And then you and the way you deal with it is make the decision on the quarterback. You got to and then give yourself some flexibility to go get defensive players that can help you beat the Chiefs. That's what you got to do. So if you love Carr, then you might as well sign him to an extension and, and lower his cap number, do some things for him to give Waller some deals, cut your thing, and you're going to have to get, you're going to have to, the title of this offseason, AD, is simply this, that we're going to call this offseason choices. If we were writing the screenplay for this offseason, the title of it would be choices. You're going to have to make choices because COVID is forcing you to make choices. Right. It's not about which players you like the most. It's about under this system, under the cap, I have to make this system work. Everyone's talking about stocks this week. It's called diversifying. Right now, you got to diversify your roster and make it work. After the break, the Packers fire their special teams coach, and Jason Witten says, so long. Hey, it's Kaylee. 
Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Oh, well, three days after losing the NFC Championship, the Green Bay Packers make a move. Sean Menenga is gone. 50-year-old was a special teams coordinator. As you pointed out, Mike, nobody else is saying this. For all the heat that LaFleur took, excuse me, LaFuck took, Petten, et cetera, the Packers were the only team in the league to give up more than one punt return touchdown in 2020. They yielded two. Okay, fine. But as you pointed out, from a field position, every single time watching that game, you go, God, here they are, once again, starting at the 35. The special teams for Green Bay was porous. Just Horrible. But I mean, they could fire Sean. Sean was with us in Cleveland. They could fire him. But the reality of it is, is, is unless they're willing to put more time, most of these teams that do, that run the West Coast, they, they, they only humor special teams. I mean, all they want is clean exchanges. You know, just give me the ball back and we'll go from there. And they're going to have to put some resources into it. And look, they have cap issues in Green Bay too. So, you know, if, unless you're willing to make a commitment to special teams in terms of players, keeping three, four, five players on your roster that are really going to be special teams guys, then it's really hard to do it, you know? And so, you know, Sean pays a price for it, but ultimately it's an organizational failure. The thing I found shocking was, I mean, here we are Thursday afternoon at 4.30. Petten's still employed. I mean, now he didn't sign his extension. That, that was just reported. I thought he had signed an extension. He's still employed and he didn't sign his extension. So something's going on there. I don't think we've heard the last of that story yet. See what happens. The Packers defensive coordinator. In terms of a guy moving on, by his choice, tight end Jason Witten retiring for 17 years in the NFL. He's going to sign a one-day contract and retires a member of the Cowboys as his contract with the Raiders expires that month. 11-time Pro Bowler, two-team, first-team All-Pro Listen, this past year, he only caught 13 passes, 69 yards, a couple touchdowns, 16 games, the Raiders. But this is a guy who passed Tony Gonzalez. The most games played by an NFL tight end with his 271st in the Raiders' Week 17 game against the Broncos. He is fourth in NFL history, 1,228 catches. He trails only Tony Gonzalez among tight ends. He's also second behind Tony Gonzalez in receiving yards by a tight end. I don't think he's going to be on a Monday Night Football booth. We all know that didn't work out. But as a tight end, Mike, there's no question— Witten always brought it. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a great player, great person. I think he'll be in I think he should be in coaching. I think he has a lot to offer to the game. You know, he played it with great class. I mean, at the end of the year, you know, he did he did he could block. He was one of those tight ends that could block and make an impact in the passing game. And, you know, and and he's had a tremendous career doing that. So my hat's off to him. I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he goes forward and gets into coaching because I think he and Romo have that coaching bug in him. Romo's doing television. But I really think Jason would do do a great job if he got into coaching. And look, the NFL's looking for guys that play the game that can coach. No question about the fact he's got lots of value wherever he ends up going. And last thought, talking Sopranos, finally. Uncle Junior was on with Michael Imperioli and Steven Shrippa, Dominic Chianese. I'm not sure if you watched it yet, Mike, or 
listen to it. But there's one great tidbit I had to tell you. He talked about uh, Stephen Schripp, who played Bobby Bacala, said, I never saw you get mad except for one time. A director gave you a line reading and Dominic Chinese started laughing. He said, yeah, when you're directing, you know, you tell the guy, the actor tells the director, hey, listen, tell me how you want to do it, meaning more or less, but don't give me a line reading. Don't tell me how to do it. In essence, don't imitate it. And and Dominic Chinese said, in The Godfather, and of course, he's one of the few guys ever who was in The Godfather and also in The Sopranos, he said, same thing with, he was in with Pacino in a car and he goes, I can understand and speak Italian better than Al. So the actor said something in Italian and then I repeated it to Al, but I did it as a line reading. And he goes, Pacino gave me this look. Oh my God, if looks could kill. If there's one thing you never do with an actor, you don't you don't actually do the line. You just give him advice on it. It was pretty cool. I don't know if you listened to it yet. Oh, I have. I watched I watched half of it, but I'm excited to watch the other half. And I didn't realize he's living in London. He married a woman from Britain, so he's over there. I mean, I, I, that was surprising to me, but he just seems like such a genuinely nice guy. I, I mean, I wish I, I would. He was on the field before we played the Jets. Uh, when I when we were there, and I and I didn't go down to the field. I was already up in the press box, and I was just I would have jumped out. I mean, it was Art Shell's year. I probably would have jumped out of the press box. I it, it, it killed myself because it was such a horrible year. But you know, anyway, I missed my opportunity. No, it's all good. Like you said, yeah, I got married. I think uh, whatever, maybe 2010, something like that. Shrip had said that they were all at the wedding. So yeah, I I'm assuming not his first marriage, but yeah, over in London now, and obviously a great singer as well. So uh, check out that episode, Talking Sopranos. All right, next week, in anticipation of the Super Bowl, me and Mike are cranking out three of these. So three GM shuffles. Look forward to them on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. We'll be talking offense, defense, prop bets, you name it, and in addition to all the other news that's going on. So follow Mike at MLombardiNFL on Twitter and on Instagram. You can follow me, Adnan Esferk, and you can follow our show's Instagram page, at the GM Shuffle. We'll talk to you next week. Three shows coming up. <laughs>